chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two. Glory to God. I'm going to give you two seconds because all of you all are Bible scholars. You know the word of God. You love the word of God, don't you? I see that smile all over your face. You are excited. Oh, hallelujah. God is going to speak to you today. Oh, glory to God. Therefore, verse number one in chapter two of first Peter, he says, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn babies. Get this. This is the focus first. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow and respect to salvation. I love how I love the analogy that Peter uses. He says to long. Listen, we are to long for the pure milk of the word. Now, why does he say that? Because he understands that when we long for the pure milk of the word, that we are going to begin to grow. You can't grow without this word. You know, I can remember all of my kids and my wife, she, uh, she breastfed all of our children. And, you know, I can remember each and every one of them without question how they would aggressively go after their mother's milk. They would, because they, and they went after it as if their life depended on it. A lot of times they can't even see. They're just reaching. They're trying to find that milk. They are longing for it. And Peter says that we are to long for the pure milk of the word that we might grow. You see, here's what happened. Listen, a lot of believers don't receive a steady diet of the word of God, of the milk of God. And then what happens is you become malnourished spiritually anemic you know if a mother was to deny her baby the milk that she needs that baby will get sick if she don't give that baby a steady diet and see now why is it that Christians who've been saved in God for many many years don't learn how to long after the word of God to crave for the word of God he says that you might grow so what that tells me is that there is no way that I can grow without this milk of this word. There is absolutely no way that in, I don't care what people say, people, you know, can say all kinds of stuff, you know, I can, I can do this and I can do that. And, you know, listen, the only way that you're going to grow in God is to long for this milk. Now, why is it? I, I can think of three reasons why Christians don't long for the word of God. The first one is they just don't understand the importance of the word of God for our spiritual development. They just don't really, you know, they really haven't grasped the fact how important it is and how critical it is. I asked you the question a moment ago, how many of you want to become everything that God wants you to become? And everybody raised their hand. Well, the word of God is critical to you becoming, you and I becoming what he wants us to be. Then I think another reason is that the people haven't been properly discipled. And that's one of the things that, that's going to drive us here. We want to have a, a ministry where people are, are discipled in the word of God, where people understand and people are taught properly how to, to rightly divide the word of God. Amen. And then thirdly, I think, is that, and listen, I, and I'm just, I just got to go ahead and say it. I, I'm going to just, I'm going to preach this morning. Is it okay? Can y'all give me a little bit of liberty? Listen, listen. The reality of it is, is that a lot of us, a lot, when I say us, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, all of us included. All right. This is this doesn't exclude me. But you know what the reality of it is? People listen. There are other things that are more important 
than learning the word of God. I've heard all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons why. But the reality of it is, is that there are just other things that are more important than you getting this milk of the word. Getting this word deep down on the inside of you. And how many know that the devil is always going to be throwing things in your way to keep you from the word? Because he knows that there is power in this word. Man, you show me a believer that know this word and that not, listen, not just know it, but is walking this thing out. I will show you a believer that is anointed and powerful in God. Because it's all about, listen, it's all about doing the will of the Father. It is all about accomplishing what he wants in the earth. And the only way you're going to do that is we got to get to a place where we understand that our life depends on this. This is our blueprint for, for life in God. We, listen, we need to hunger for this thing. We need to thirst for this thing because, listen, this, this thing will, will, will free you. It will give you hope. It will give you life. Not just drinking it, not just hearing it, but digesting it. You know, not like, you know, sometimes, you know, my you know, babies used to throw milk up. Your moms, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, they try to drink it and ugh. They don't want it. It just didn't sit. That's how it is with some Christians. You know, they hear the word of God sometimes like, oh, I don't like it. Spit it up. No, we got to digest that word because when we digest the word, we're going to begin to grow. And listen, there's no way that you can take the milk of the word in and digest it and not grow. There is no way you are going to grow in God. Just like a baby that received milk from her mother, that mother keep that baby on a steady diet of milk that baby is going to begin the process of growing. Now, the next point. There's a point in time where God wants us to move from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Because see, you're not meant to stay right there. You know, you, you want to move from milk to Gerber. From Gerber to table food. To fish. To chicken. And then the steak of the word. We need to, we, that's, listen, God wants us to be going someplace. He don't want us to stay where we are. Now, all of us have to start with the milk. All of us start there. We're not, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not up here criticizing people that are, are young in the faith or you're just receiving the milk. But what we're just, listen, what we're saying is we got to go beyond that. Look at your neighbor and say, go beyond that. Look at Hebrews chapter number five. Hebrews chapter five. You guys with me? Okay, now remember what I said. I want you to maintain that smile because I know I'm going to, I know somebody going to not necessarily like all that we're talking about today. But listen, listen to what I'm saying here. I think if you really, listen, I think if you really want to grow in God, you're going to love this word. For all of you who want to grow and become all that God wants you to be, you are going to love this word today. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number five. Oh, glory to God. Verse number 12. It says that for though by this times you ought to be teachers. Now, the writer here, a lot of uh, scholars believe that the apostle Paul, that he wrote the book of Hebrews. They're not 100 percent sure. But Paul is writing to the Jews here. He's saying, listen, for though by this time you ought to be. That means that that they have been in the Lord and and there's a time and time has gone by and they haven't grown. Paul, and listen, the writer here is saying, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, some of you ought to be teaching classes, heading up ministries, doing all kind of stuff for the Lord. You ought to be. But then he says, but you 
have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have become to need milk and not solid food. Now, now, just so you know, milk relates to uh, infants, spiritual immaturity, and solid food is for those who are, it represents maturity. Now, the writer here says that, that we got to go back because, wait a minute, you know, you, you ought to be here, but, but you still, I got to still teach you the elementary things. I don't want to be talking about the same thing another five years from now than what I'm talking about today. We need to be moving on in God. We need to be going somewhere. He said, listen, you ought to be teaching. You, listen, listen, you've been in this thing for a while. No Christian should ever be complacent and comfortable. Just listen, we need to be able to get to a place, glory to God, where you can look back on your life and you can see some spiritual progress. Come on now. If you, can, if you can't look back and see, well, you know, a year ago I was struggling with jealousy. I had an anger problem. I had a sharp tongue. You know, I was cursing. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was stealing. I was backbiting. And then you need to be able to look back and say, okay, I've made spiritual progress. I'm not the same. See, you, can, you ever seen, you ever, you know, listen, you ever been to churches sometime when people, listen, the, uh, people come up for the same thing all the time. Keep, listen. There got to be a time when we got to grow up in God. Are you with me? I mean, you got, we got to get to a point that we grow up and stop doing the same stuff. It's time to move on, to move away from the elementary things of God. This is what God is calling us to. This is what he's calling us to. For everyone who partakes, verse 13, only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. He's a baby. See, if you, stay, if you remain an infant, you're not going to have a real impact because you're, you're having to be taught yourself. Come on, somebody. And for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed. Then verse 14, but solid food is for the mature. Look at your neighbor and say mature. Who because of practice, practice, have their senses trained to discern good from evil. In other words, they not only heard the word of God, but they put the word of God into practice. And they, listen, and they begin to walk this thing out. They got the meat, the, the milk of the word. They kept a steady diet and they kept growing. They kept living this thing out. And now they have become mature in God. They have become mature in God. And now they know how to discern good from evil. Now, what is the primary way of how God uh, trains or, or equips the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter number five, I believe. Y'all staying with me? Ephesians chapter number five. Glory to God. You still got your smile on. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, glory to God. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11. Now, before I read that, Here's the difference between spiritual infants and the spiritually mature. Spiritual infants need constantly to be taught. Constantly. The mature are able to teach others. That's where we're going in this church. Listen, you're going to be able to teach others. You know, I hear people say, sometimes say to me, well, man, how, how, how did you get that kind of knowledge, you know? And let me tell you something. When I first came and I first got saved 15, 16 years ago, Man, I tell you, I long after the word of God. I didn't know, listen, I didn't know anything. 
But you know what? I hungered. I mean, when the church doors opened, I was right there on the front. You know, I used to go to a church and it used to be about uh, uh, 15,000 people used to attend that church. You know, and if you didn't get there early, man, you wouldn't get a seat. I made sure I would get there an hour and a half early. You all heard of uh, uh, From the Heart Ministries, John Cherry in Maryland. That's the church that I, I first, me and my wife first joined when we first came to this area. And I would just, listen, I just couldn't wait for the word. I was just hungry and I just want to gobble, 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 gobble and eat it up. And listen, and, and here's what happened. When you start doing that, listen, the, out, the, the outcome from that or the byproduct of that is growth. You're going to grow in God. If you want to know how you're going to grow, how you're going to be skilled in the word of God, how you're going to be able to share and teach, hunger, long for the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Turn off some of the stuff you listen to that ain't helping you. I'm meddling again, but I'm, you know. All right. Now, spiritual infants live on a diet of the ABCs. Of God's revelation. But the mature live on a diet of solid food. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get me some solid food today. Oh, glory to God. Spiritual infants, they lack spiritual discernment, but the mature are trained to discern good from evil. Spiritual infants know only the elementary teachings of Christ, but the mature have pressed on to more advanced revelation about God. You see, and that's where we are going. You are going to be mature believers, and you should get excited about that. You know, and listen, now, if you find yourself, you consider yourself somewhat of an infant, because you can, how many know that you can be saved for 10, 20 years and still be an infant? It's a revelation to some of you. Just because you get, I've been saved for 25 years. What have you done? Has there been any change in your life? Have you ever shared your faith with somebody? Hey, these are the kind of things that we're talking about. Y'all still love me? Amen. Glory to God. Let's keep on rolling in. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Are you there? Verse number 11. Listen, this is the primary way in which God trains or equips the body of believers. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for what? The equipping of the saints for the work of of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, this is referred to as a five-fold ministry. You know, and I just want to use as an example. You know, a lot of people think sometimes, Christians, I believe, a lot of Christians think, you know, my job is simply, you know, my thing is I, I come to church and make sure that, you know, I, I give money and, you know, and I do all these real nice things and make sure that, 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 that you know, bills, you know, pastors is taken care of or the ministry is running or whatever it is. And, and that's usually what a lot of people that's, that's the way they think. And then they, then they go on to think that, well, you know, it's, the, you know, it's really the responsibility of, you know, of the pastors and the leaders. They're the ones that are supposed to, to do all the, the, the work of the ministry. That's how people act. They won't say that, but that's the way they act. Because they come in church, they don't get involved. They don't get involved. They just come and they sit and they get up and they leave. And they say, you do the work. We are not, listen, God has not called us to that. My primary job, for an example, as the pastor of his church, is to equip you to do the work of ministry. That's my job, is to equip you so that you can go out and do the work of ministry. Now, that's not to say that I'm not to be involved in that, but my primary calling is to equip you. So the question you need to be asking is, is he providing an atmosphere where I'm being equipped? 
That's, the, that, that's, that's, that's what this thing is all about. That's my job is to equip you. God wants all of us to get involved in ministry, to get involved in sharing and, and caring and proclaiming this gospel, doing the work of service for the glory of God. How many of you know it's an honor to serve God? I mean, God don't, God don't really need us. Do, y'all, do, do we realize that? He chooses all of his loving kindness to call us and say, look, I want you to be a co-laborer with me. He just, listen, all of his great love, he just, not that he need us, but he says, look, I want you to come with me. Jesus says, everything that my father has shown me, I show to you. He wants intimacy with you. And listen, and we need to come close to God. Jesus is not playing, playing hide and go seek. He wants to reveal himself to us. But we got to get serious about this thing. Listen, I've been, listen, I've been on this planet 40 years, and I am not, about, I am not playing church no more. You know, the time, time is getting short. The, you know, the days are getting more and more evil. There is time to stop playing church and get serious about evangelizing the world for Christ. Because, listen, the devil is ferocious today. And he is fighting and he is launching out an all-out attack against the church. You know, and they got this movie out there, The Vinci Code and all these things. And, you know, there are a lot of Christians. I'm moving ahead of myself, but let God. There are a lot of Christians who believe that that stuff is true. Gullible. If If we don't get this thing in us, that's what happens. Because all kinds of doctrines from, from hell is going to come and try to, and try to frustrate the gospel of God. The truth. The only way that we're going to know the truth is we got to discipline ourselves and get serious about this word. This is not something that Gary is making up. This is not my thing. I'm not trying to push some agenda. This is the word of God. Look at it. Verse number 13 of Ephesians chapter number 4. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a what? Mature or perfect man. See? To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Get this. Listen to this. Here's the result when we are are, are under the authority of the prophetic gifts or, or, or the gifts that God has given us of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He said, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. You know, you hear sometimes people say, well, you know what? I don't need to go to church. You know, I I can stay at home and I can learn the Bible. Hogwash. Because, listen, there is nothing in here that says that. How did he say he's going to equip the saints? How do he say it? Did he, did he say, okay, he's going to equip the saints by me just staying at home and reading on my own? No, no, that is not biblical. He says that we are to assemble ourselves together. As much as we see the evil day approaching, we are to come together. And he's given us these gifts to equip the body. You cannot grow with, without other people that can help lead you and guide you. No man is an island unto himself, not in the kingdom of God. God, that's a principle of the kingdom. God doesn't work that way. So when people say that, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to go to church. That's a, that's a believer that's in rebellion. I guarantee you he's not growing. I don't care what he says. Because Jesus says, listen, that these gifts is what equip the saints for the work of ministry. Glory to God. 
Now, you all know that I'm, I'm very, very practical in my, in, my orientation, in my orientation and when I teach. Because what's important to me is, is, that, is that you grow in God and you understand and know how to do that. Because, see, we just finished talking about, you know, the importance of growing and, and how that God wants us to go from A to Z. And he wants us to become all that he wants us to become. And so I always ask the question, well, God, you know, even in my study time, this is why I teach the same way I talk to God. I said, God, well, how do I, how do I practically live that out? And so I'm going to share with you very quickly a barometer of things. Now, if you got your pen and pencil, I want you to write this down. Some things that can help you to know that you are how to know that you are growing in God, how to know that you are growing, how to know that you're maturing in God. I'm going to give you some things that will help you. One of the ways that we know we are maturing in God is that we become sensitive to our sins. You know, I can remember when I first got saved, you know, well, before I got saved, you know, when I was sinning and doing my thing, many of us can testify. You know, why we, our, our sins meant nothing. We, we, nobody, we didn't know we were sinning. We just knew we were having a good time. We could care less. All of a sudden, you come into the kingdom of God, and now you're sensitive. Now stuff, stuff bothers you that didn't used to bother you. Because, because, listen, as you draw near to God, and I can think about 11, 12 years ago, you know, and, and as, I was, as I was going after God, and I found that this thing started happening in my life. The closer I got to God, the more nasty I saw myself as. And I remember I almost got discouraged one time. I said, God, I'm just really a mess. But see, what really what that is, is you're growing. When you start to become aware of your sins, you are now starting to grow. You're becoming sensitive. And then another way that we know that we're growing is that when the Holy Spirit convicts us, listen, we repent right on the spot. You remember David and Nathan? Nathan, David had, David had, uh, had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And, uh, and Nathan the prophet, God sent Nathan the prophet to come and confront David about his sin that he had did with Bathsheba. Now, if you go back and read that story, I believe it's uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9 or 10, somewhere in there. If you go back and read, you will see that when Nathan confronted David about his sin, David quickly repented. David didn't stand there and say, you know, well, hey, I was chilling out on my deck. And this lady, no, she ain't got no business with that window open, washing like that naked where I can see her. I mean, come on now, Nathan. You know, I'm just a man. What am I supposed to do? You know, I mean, she got, I mean, it's really on her. She got no business. You know, she should, you know, I'm, what am I, I'm just a man. I got feelings. I mean, you know how it is. No, David didn't do that. David repented. Go read Psalm 51. You know you're growing in God. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, you, you know, you repent. You see, what happened is if the Holy Spirit convicts you and you keep on being obstinate in your sin, then what happens is you will get callous. And after a while, you become numb and you can't even sense the Holy Spirit because you're so numb because you disobey God over and over and over again. How do you know that God is never going to force himself on you? He's never going to force you to do anything. God is going to speak to you. If you want God to give you some direction, when his Holy Spirit comes and says, you know what? That's not right. You need to change it. Instantly, we should change that. That's the way that we know that we're growing. If we are still obstinate in our sin and trying to make excuses and keep trying to justify what we're doing, we are still babies. We are not growing up in that area of our life. And we need to move beyond that. 
And then another way that we know we're going is when we can rejoice even though we're going through a spiritual battle. All of us, and I just got done with a series uh, uh, talking about uh, the trials of life, and we talked about the grace that go through, and then the importance of moving forward in your trial and in your difficult situations. But one of the things that, that we, one of the ways we can know that we're growing in God is that when we are experiencing and going through a battle, we can still give God praise. That's when you know you're starting to grow in God. Because I said it before, everybody can give God praise when stuff is going good. Man, that is so easy, isn't it? Everybody can lift their hand and get their praise on when it's going good, can't they? But what about when we're experiencing a trial in a difficult situation? Mm -hmm. Count it all joy. He says, count it all joy when you go through all this stuff because God is doing some stuff in you. And we need to get to a point in God that when we're going through a battle that we can still give God the praise. That's what God is taking us to. That's where he wants us to grow. That's what, listen, that's, where, that's what he's doing in our lives until we can get to that place that when we're going through, I can still rejoice in God. That is a testimony to people that you work with. You know, when they know that you're going through a difficult situation and they can look at you and say, man, you, how is it you, you still like, you're going through all this and you still like love the Lord, you're still happening, you're smiling. How is that? Because you know who your God is. And you know that, listen, as a believer, nothing is in vain. I don't care what it is you're going through. God got your number. Nothing is in vain in God. Not one thing. God got your number. And then when we view trials and difficulty, difficulties as opportunities for growth, that's when we know we're growing. When we look at the trials of our life and the circumstances and we look at them as opportunities. Listen, God, what are you showing me in this? Normally, I find out when you walk with God, listen, that when you're going through a trial, a difficult situation in your life, that oftentimes there are some lessons and some things that God is trying to teach you. Sometimes what happens is we get so caught up in the moment and what we're going through that we miss what God is trying to do and what he's trying to say. God oftentimes work through pain and trial. I, listen, I know we don't like to hear that, but who was our chief example? Jesus. He suffered, didn't he? But now he is highly exalted at the right hand of the Father, and because he suffered, many sons and daughters have been birthed into the kingdom. See, your trial and the thing that you're going through is not just about you. No, I didn't get that. The trial that we're going through is not just about you. God is doing some stuff in you to better the whole body. Listen, we all listen, we can't always see what God is doing. But you got to understand something. God sees the end and the beginning at the same time. He sees it all. We only see snapshots. And see, we get pigeonholed and we look at the, the I don't see I can't see no, I can't see this. But see, that's when your faith has to come in. That's when you have to believe that your God is going to honor his word and he's going to come through for you. Because he is not a man that he should lie. There are opportunities for growth. And see, we got to learn, we, we got to learn that because that's so important. Because listen, we are always going to be having to deal with some stuff. It ain't going to be rest until you get the glory. Just, I mean, just accept that. 
Accept it as a Christian. Accept it. You know, you're not, nothing's going to change. Listen, there'll be moments, there'll be, honeymo- there'll be honeymoon periods, there'll be times when things will be going real good, but then there are going to be times when you're going to have some tests. But know that God is just as well as he's in the good stuff, he's also in the bad stuff too. Amen? And then number five, when our service to God is an honor and not a burden, we know we're growing. You know, I said, I said earlier, it is an honor to serve God. You know, it's an honor. <laughs> the Bible talks about in Colossians that we ought to do our work heartily as unto the Lord. You know, it is an honor to be able to come up, to get up early in the morning, to set up chairs. It's an honor to be able to work the sound system. It's an honor to be able to, to, to lay that table out with good food. And it's an honor to be able to, to, to serve God the way we serve God. It's an honor to do that. God, I'm honored that you would allow me the privilege to preach this gospel. You know, it's an honor to serve God. You know, and one of the things we got to guard against is when, we, when, we, when we're serving God, that we don't, listen, that we stop focusing on what other people are doing. Stop focusing on what other people are doing and just begin to thank God that he has given you the opportunity to serve. Because, listen, you are serving because you love God and you want to honor him. That is your motive. And if it's not your motive, God will show you that. But we know we're growing when we look at our our service to God as an honor and it is not a burden. And then we, we know we're growing when we notice our faith getting stronger and stronger. Stuff that used to shake us don't shake us anymore. We, we developed some endurance. You know, a lot of us, you know, when we first got saved, man, you know, it didn't take a whole lot to get us to want to throw in the towel, did it? But, man, when you've been walking with God for a while, God began to build some endurance in you. You get stronger and stronger, and stuff just don't shake you the way that it used to shake you. Why? Because you have a relationship with God. You've been walking with God, and you've seen God move in your life, and you've seen God bring you out of some tough stuff. And now your faith is getting stronger and stronger in God. You know you're growing. You know you're on your way. And then number seven, when we desire to praise and worship him, we know we're growing. I know a lot of people, they will say, you know, I don't like music. and I don't like this, to sing and all that. But let me tell you something. When you get a revelation, when you understand all that God has brought you from, how did he lift your life up out of a horrible pit? How did he rescue you? You knew you were on your way to hell. You were without God and without hope in the earth. When you recognize all this stuff and the filthiness that God delivered you from, you can't help but give him praise. And I really don't care what other people say about me. I will lift my hand and I will jump. Why? Because God delivered me and I'm not afraid of it. I'm not ashamed of it. One of the ways that we know we're growing in God is when we, listen, when we want to get in his presence and worship him. They don't have anything to do with whether or not you like the song, like music. I just want to give God the praise for what he's done for me in my life. I just want to worship him. And you don't care about what other people say or think. You know, when I first got saved, I can remember, man, I, I was very, very concerned, Darrell, what other people thought. You know, you, you wouldn't see me lift my hands if I lift them. Yeah, I was really concerned. But now I can care less. You know why? Because I know what God did in my life. When you begin to grow in your faith, and many of you, can t- you, you laugh because you, you've been there, because you've been in the Lord for a while now, you lift your hands. You worship and you sing. Some of us can't sing a lick, but we sing unto God. We love him. We worship him. We adore him because he's done some great and mighty things in our life. 
and we are excited about it. Another way that we know we're growing is that when we desire to obey him and our, or our desire to obey him is more intense. I mean, as you're walking with God, your desire to obey him, it, it, it just grows more and more. You know, you, you hate the fact that you sin against God. You hate it. You don't like it. It bothers you when you sin against God. Sin is unattractive to you. You know how some people in the world say, well, and I talk to people and they say, well, you know, I, I don't care what other people do. I mean, that's between them. If they want to, you know, if they want to be engaged in homosexuality and all this, I, I don't really care about that. I mean, if they want to live their life and do this kind of, I, I don't really care. You know, after a while, you start walking with God, you start hating sin. You start hating that stuff. Not the people. I want to qualify that. You don't hate people, but you hate the sin. You see, what happened is as you get closer to God, you, listen, sin is more and more unattractive. You know, when you see how sin affects people and how it affects life, it bothers you. And the stuff that you used to do, the sins that you used to do, you don't want to do it. You know, you just realize, you know, you know, I used to do that. I used to struggle with that, but I really don't like it now because I've been in the presence of God and I've been growing in God. I don't have a desire for that. God will change you. We're coming down. Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down. Just give me a couple more minutes. Is that okay? All right, just give me a couple of more. How am I doing? I only went about five minutes, right? That's it? Keep going. Oh, you, that's, you, don't never, you never tell a pastor that. But I'm going to keep on going. Then number nine, listen to this. When we are eager to share our faith, you know you're growing in God. Listen, I don't know how. I, I, maybe, you know, it's because of my experience, but I don't know how that a person can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, been redeemed, and have no desire to share their faith. You know, a lot of, listen, the question that we need to ask ourselves, do the people that I work with, do they know you're a Christian? Do they know that you love the Lord? I don't see how you can go year after year and never want to share your faith. When you're growing in God, you are eager to share your faith. You don't want to see people die and go to hell. You want to share the gospel. Because you recognize what God has done in your life and you want to tell other people about this. You're passionate about this thing. Listen, let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you how he brought me out. You need to hear this. I see that situation you're going through. Let me, let me tell you what God did for me. When you're growing in God, listen, you are, more, you are eager to share your faith. You want to share your faith with other people. You can't keep it quiet. You can't keep it quiet. Because of what God has done for you, you want to share this thing. Then number 10, you know you're growing in God when, uh, when you guard your devotional time, your private time with him. And we all have heard the stories of Fred. And he talks about his dog all the time, how that dog used to get in, you know, he, brought, he got this puppy and that dog used to, used to mess with his quiet time. And, and Fred used to do all kind of stuff to this dog. And, and I'm not going to say what he used to do because the message is being recorded. Hallelujah. So we got to stay pure in Jesus. But, but the man, but listen, the brother knew his devotional time is very, very important. When we are growing in God, one of the things that we long to do is spend that time with him. You know you're growing in God when you just want to quickly get into his presence. You want to worship him. You want to listen, and you guard it. 
You know, and sometimes I've been viewed as rude because, you know, I know I got to get I got to get in the presence of God because the stuff that I got to deal with today. I need the anointing. I need God in my life. I ain't trying to go out there and do this thing on my own. I need God in my life. I need him to move in my situation. So, listen, I guard my private time. My kids will tell you I guard it. I mean, when you get to that place, I, you know, I just got I just got to get there. I got to get there. And if things have happened, and I've, I've been times because I've been called out, and you know my job, how, you know, I'm connected with the pager all the time, and, and, I, and I couldn't do it. And I'm telling you what, I just, the first opportunity I get, I'm thinking about it all day. I got to get in your presence, God. I, I, I need to spend some time. God, because I believe that God wants to speak to us. How many of you believe that? God want to show you some great and mighty things that you don't know. God, I told you before, God is not playing hide and go seek with us. God want to show up. God want to show us some stuff. But the only way that we're going to get it is we got to spend time with him. Time in prayer. Time in his word. There is no way around it. We got to get to that place. And then finally, when we desire to be with God above everybody else, you know you're growing. When God has become the most important thing in your life, when you come to that place and you recognize that my life depends on him and I need him. You see, when you get to this point, let me tell you something. This is maturity. This is where God can really use you. Because nobody, see, nothing else, you don't don't have to worry about trying to please other people and all that. You know why? Because all that really matters to me is God and what he thinks. You know, and, and let me say, let me say to you, usually that's how, you know, I, Sunday night, I go home, I'll listen to the message and I ask the Lord, Lord, what do you think about that? And then I don't worry about it. I go right to sleep. I sleep real good. I don't worry about, listen, I don't worry about what people say. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. Because listen, your goal, our goal in life is to please the father. He is the most important thing to me. He is everything to me. When we get to that point when God is everything to us, you know you're growing. And in conclusion, I just want to challenge you all and inspire you and encourage you to make a fresh commitment in your heart to grow and allow God to grow you up in the faith. Make a, listen, make a commitment. Listen, don't be complacent. Don't stay where you are in God. Desire earnestly to grow in God. And, 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 and you know what? And what this may also mean is that we got to just be honest with ourselves. Just say, you know, Lord, where am I? Where am I? Just be honest. God, where am I in my walk with you? I mean, have I really grown? And if you haven't, if you find that you're still in milk, you're still baby, and you still need some milk, that's okay. We ain't condemning babies because everybody got to start somewhere. But here, but here's the key. Let's just start somewhere and let's, let's move on. Let's grow. Because I promise you, as long as I'm pastor this church, we are going to be a people that's going to grow. You're not going to stay where you are. You're either going to grow or you're probably going to look for someplace else to go. And I'm not saying that because I want you to go because I love you. Don't go nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? You're either going to grow or you're going to find someplace else to go because we're always going to be inspiring you to grow in God. Doesn't it make you excited? You should be excited about that. The pastor, he wants me to grow in God. Wow. And he's going to help me do that. I'm committed to doing that. If you commit 
to be to, to discipline yourself, I'll commit myself in a fresh way to ensure that there's an atmosphere in this church where you can grow and become all that God wants you to be. Because that's my passion. That is my heart. And that is what God wants for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Let's prepare for communion. Mark.